Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello all, welcome to episode 93 of the Mr. Money Jar Show. We are going to be joined today by Katie Kicker of katiekicker.com and we're going to talk about a topic I don't think we've covered that much on the Mr. Money Jar Show and that's around how to make your money go further, specifically around things like groceries and batch cooking and meal prepping. As we all know, the cost of living and the squeeze on incomes is very topical on the news at the moment. And so I think it makes sense that we look at the things that we spend our money on the most to see how we can economise. So I'm very much looking forward to having Katie on the show today. I can see that uh, she's already sent a request to join the live. So let's welcome her in. Should work. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've actually wanted to get you on for a while now. So when you, uh, yeah, when you reached out and, and said you'd be happy to come on, I was, uh, yeah, very pleased. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's kick off by you uh, letting everyone know who you are and what you do. So I'm Katie. I'm otherwise known as Katie Kicker Online. Although people are always shocked when they find out that's not actually my name. Um, <laughs> I would say that generally I'm most known for talking about money saving, money making, and then just sharing my daily life on Instagram stories where I would say that I'm a little dose of realness in an area of the market that's typically sort of um, predominantly cornered by people that have higher incomes and live in very plush houses and have, you know, they can do this by choice whereas this is my full-time job and I just really enjoy showing little snippets of my life um, in a non-competitive manner effectively. Yeah uh, we've been following each other um, for quite a while now it's been really interesting to see your journey and yeah just to join you and your family and your your day-to-day. -day. Where did you get the name um, Katie Kicker from as well because I've never actually <laughs> known that. Uh, so Katie Kicker came from um, I was, I've been with my husband for nearly 15 years, but I was in a relationship before that for a few years. And he was told a story about when I was five and I was very excitedly showing somebody these pointy new boots that I had. And as I lifted my foot up, I accidentally kicked somebody in the eye. And that's where Katie Kicker came from. And right. I like to think that um, that was one positive out of a very toxic relationship. And now I trademarked it and I own it. And I just love knowing that um, I've made this income from this nickname that was given to me by somebody who probably was um, not necessarily overly positive part of my life. And I've just turned it into something that, that I just love really. And it's just, um, it, it's how people refer to me now. If people see me out, they might say, are you Katie Kicker? And I'll just die of embarrassment a little bit. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah it's just it's mine now i own it you know obviously i own the trademark but it's just mine i can't explain yeah it. um i love that i don't so the name the kind of genesis of mr money jar is, is slightly different to yours but i do relate to this feeling that you have around yeah i've created this thing and i own it and it's my job and i use it to make an income i took a really really long time to come up with mr money jar there was like I a sheet i like, really love it oh thank you um but yeah it's really good when you when you find something also an added bonus is when you try and find the handle and it's just like green 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 like you can get the <laughs> handle and the domain yeah that's always a plus all right cool so today um we're going to talk about um yeah, I think a really important topic. We're going to be talking groceries, batch cooking, meal prep. Um, do tell us, why did you want to talk about, you know, this topic of making your money go further specifically? I think for me, when I started my own journey, really, everything online is a journey, isn't it? But when I started my own journey of meal planning and batch cooking and just generally reigning in the grocery spend, it then started to spread to other areas of my life. I started to... Um, look at other ways that I could save elsewhere and it, it especially in the last year or so it's really um, poured out into other areas of my life like meal planning and batch cooking and prepping has helped me to lose weight and become fitter and healthier um, and that's obviously benefited my family and I just think that although it could be very easy to be dismissive that meal planning or carefully grocery shopping makes a big difference um, it does now, of course, everyone is now suddenly interested, but I think it's always gone into other areas of my life in a manner that has had huge impact on me because I've started to find myself thinking, if I'm working this hard to save 30 pounds on this, why am I, sorry, my cat's joining me. Why am I there <laughs> um, sacrificing in other areas where I can put less work in and save even more money? It's just kind of naturally flowed for me into generally being better with money and making better choices and also the time that you for me I'm a busy mum of two and I'm a carer as well um, and obviously I'm trying to work you know as much as possible to grow my business and I'm I find that that amount of money isn't is negligible sometimes but it's the time saved I always feel like when I go to the fridge in the morning and I'm really busy and I've got overnight oats or you know protein oats or I've got pancake mix for my children I've saved a little bit of time out of what would otherwise be a stressful hour that then just allows me to have a better quality of life better work-life balance and it just really flows into so many other areas yeah can I just say sorry this is a complete like tangent but the Mr Money Jar show first we have not had a cat on the live oh. before Jasmine, she's good and uh, probably not. I uh, uh, just realised I have a troll face here as well. <laughs> <laughs> probably not that either. But my cat's disappeared again now. She's very concerned because I'm in my office and I've closed the doors because my children are going to bed upstairs and they're quite loud. Um, yeah. she's very concerned that perhaps it's time for some sort of vet trip or some sort of terrible oh. encounter. So she's sort of being a bit skittish, but I'm sure she'll come back in a minute. All right, cool. Um, so we had a comment as you were speaking there um, just about, you know, uh, economising on things like groceries, spilling over into other areas of your life. Um, let me just scroll up to the comment. Yeah, I think it's hard for me to see them, isn't it? Do you have to just... Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a multitask affair. Adventures of Fletcher Mac, this makes so much sense. Yeah, um, I, I, I sort of agree. Like, 
um, there, there are like different ways to economize either on like the big things that you buy not that often or on the little things that you buy like every day or every week. So could you please let us know some of your tips around grocery shopping and maybe some of what your process is? So um, first of all, I know it's not realistic for everybody to visit multiple supermarkets um, in any given week. And with the price of petrol, it's probably not necessarily a great idea anyway. Um, but what I would generally do is I would have one week, like this week I went to Tesco um, and I spent nearly £90, which is a lot of money even for myself. But then last week when I went to Lidl, because I knew that all the items I needed last week I could get there and I had stocked up previously elsewhere, I only spent £40. And so I think um, we don't have to have that quest for perfection where we're telling ourselves that we'll buy all our meat in the supermarket where they have the best deals and then we'll buy all our fruit and vegetables at Aldi or Lidl. But we could be visiting slightly different places um, at different times of the month and perhaps stocking up in advance. So I went to farm foods. I, I only recently have a farm foods and I'll be honest, I always um, thought, oh, there won't really be anything in there for me because I cook from scratch pretty much every single meal that we eat. So I was just very dismissive. But actually when I visited, they had lots of the things that, I've got a six year old, lots of the things she wants to eat. So they had lots of tiny ice cream cones and you know, snack type foods. And the prices on those were half price of Tesco and, and, they, and they have different offers every week. So when I went in on the one week of the probably two months that I visited, when they had a great offer, I, I stocked up for, you know, two months worth of the product. In this case, it was tiny ice cream cones. I think they were 18 for 60 pence. You'll never find anything like that in Tesco. You, you might find something for two pounds that has 10. And those tiny little savings for us make a huge difference when you have someone who wants to eat that sort of same stuff pretty much every day on a routine. And so I just now I alternate supermarkets at different weeks and I may go somewhere to stock up once a month on big things like cans of drink or, you know, I think most households have stuff which they could definitely do without. They're not an essential but I'm definitely not here saying stop buying things that, that make your lunch nice or, you know, only buy value products. I'm saying if you have those products that are must-haves for you because they make your life more enjoyable, then, you know, shop around a little bit. Visit Farm Foods one week or Lidl one week or Aldi one week and then Tesco. It doesn't have to be perfection. It doesn't have to be every week you shop at the discounter because most people do know they're cheaper, but they also know that they don't always stock the products that they want. And I think a lot of people get hung up on that quest for perfection. I get a lot of messages saying, oh, Audi's quite far from me, so I don't really go often. And I'm like, well, when you do go, you know, you could stock up on the items where you know the difference is 30 or 40%. And it's actually going to make quite a big difference. Yeah. Whenever I see toiletries on on sale, that signals to me that I should stock up because that's something that you're definitely going to use. Um, so like deodorant, uh, like toilet paper, like maybe not toilet paper two years ago because toilet no. paper yeah. like gold then, but things that you know you're definitely going to get through, washing up liquid, hand soap, like it almost always um, makes sense to stock up on these things because you will use them. And then for perishables, you can maybe buy those things a bit more, uh, a bit more frequently. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I, again, a lot of people have that one deodorant that they know works for them and mm -hmm. isn't going to let them down. And everyone so, has that one deodorant, don't they? Has, 
think it's Laurie, my, expert for my husband, and it's really expensive. So mine is um mine's Mitchum no white marks the robot. Yeah, it just it just works. And again, so they're very expensive to buy individually, but quite often if you was to buy six or ten in advance, which of course is a privilege to have enough funds available to do that. Um, but in the long term, it saves you a lot of money. And I think obviously, so some of my, my audience is predominantly parents. And also because I am, I'm classed as disabled, but not on disability. So I do also have audience from that. And I know that some people, they don't have the funds available to buy everything in bulk all of the time. But even if you started with just one or two products, where over the month you may save five pounds, doesn't necessarily feel like a significant amount of money. You know, the add-on effect is that then you can use that to save money elsewhere and then it continues to build up. And um, oh, I'm just, I'm reading the comments. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna... Nice, Paul, I'll... very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to get through them. Um, yeah, yeah, so uh, just going through the comments. Um, shout out, Mr. Money Job, glad to see this live. Thank you very much for tuning in. And then a series of really quite, worrying but then he brings it back comments from mr deals manchester i always talk on something um, when something long life is on offer we have a year's supply of dog food in our loft because tails did 90 percent off we have a year's supply of laundry capsules because GoPuff had them at 80 percent off goodness i don't wear deodorant fortunately <laughs> just kidding i stock up on amazon or weirdly super drunk sometimes good for stocking up. i'm glad you brought that back paul because i was about to end this live he's about to block you out of here yeah 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 um okay <laughs> cool. so the deodorant sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you you shop at different stores for different things you don't shoot perfect for perfection it's just more of a general principle how do you deal with things like buy one get one free promotions um you know like because the the store experience, I, I find that I have to go either um, with a list or I purposely won't carry a basket because the store experience is almost designed to like catch your eye and get you to buy more things than you'd planned to, to go there to buy. So how do you tackle that, Katie? I think um, for me personally, I always have a list. What I actually have is I have a master shopping list and that has all the items that we really ideally need to have in house because I, I, we're eating on calorie deficit. So we're kind of getting in that routine of the same kind of stuff on the, on the regular basis really. But um, I have a master list and then I will look through that before I go to the supermarket and I will, I will mark off all the items that I want to get. And then I will try not to deviate from the list at all. So I generally don't take my children shopping with me because my six year old wants toys and wants, clothes for her sister and it just escalates into very unnecessary expenditure that I definitely make if I was on my own so I have a list and I try to be quite strict and what I try to do is make sure that I am always buying items that we use up in full every week or every two weeks however it may be for fresh products and I will just make sure that I'm not I don't even look at the end of the aisle anymore I have my fixed product I like to buy it's it's rare that there's a category that's on offer that I would want branded for example like most people I have my set launch products I have my set toiletries obviously if they were on offer and I needed them that week I would probably get a couple extra because I'm quite lucky that I'm not limited by budget as such each week so I have a week where I could spend 
90 and then a week where I could spend 40 and, and you know, it's fine because it's an overall sort of approximate budget for me. But I don't look at the aisle generally. And I think because I, before I did, I worked in the supermarket and um, I know all the tricks, you know, everything at eye level is what they make the most profit on. And they, they expect that you're not going to look down. So today is an example. I was in Tesco and I wanted crumpets and everyone in my house, because we've got allergies, everyone can eat the 25 pence crumpets and that's great. And I saw a lady who was looking to see if they had them, thought they didn't have them. So picked up one pound packet of six and all she had to do was just spend a little tiny bit more and there were 10 packets at the back of the shelf. And I think, you know, generally when they're dressing the shelves, they're prioritizing those middle items to make it look well dressed and nice. And they just don't want you to look down and they want you to be attracted by you know, the, the plimps at the end of the aisle because that's where they're making the most profit. And it always it's always designed to look like a great deal. You know, was eight pounds now four pounds, but you would never buy it when it was eight pounds. I think you would only buy it when it's four pounds. And I think that's a good thing to have in mind is, you know, what is your maximum price? four products that you buy um i know it's a little bit harder now because prices are rising every week um but have a general idea of of what is good value because also um shrinkflation you know they're changing packaging a lot and the product's the same price and you're not necessarily realizing that you're getting 10 less washes or 150 less meals of drink or whatever it may be and so i think you need to always go with a list and i'm sure most people know this a lot of this is very well-known tips you know i'm not necessarily teaching anything revolutionary um but just implement them you know go there with your list have your rough idea of meals planned if you're going to look in the reduced section don't get drawn in necessarily just because you think oh that's that's two pounds instead of four pounds if it isn't something you will actually use because a lot of people obviously do buy products that they end up wasting because they're just not suitable for their family or the cooking time's not right for their night routine yeah i mean they're simple tips but that doesn't mean that they aren't the best ones you know yeah. i'm actually trying to seek simplicity in my life in all areas now when because I, I if i had a superpower it would be to overcomplicate things like yeah. that's my, my my instinct is to make things as complicated as possible because if it's not complicated then i can't possibly be doing it properly but actually no like if you want to go shopping and you don't want to overspend go over this like I just think I yeah, I'm in the supermarket and I heard somebody today say, I don't understand where rice is. It's normally here. Yes, they've moved it to another aisle because now you're not shopping on autopilot. You're going past all their other products that you didn't want that they are going to try and lure you into buying. And, you know, people will, will joke about how, oh, um, Valentine's is finished, so Easter's coming out. But it is literally that. It is midnight after Valentine's Day where they strip it all out. And when you go the next morning, there's Easter eggs everywhere. You know, and people are people generally joke about it, but it's just designed to disrupt your mind when you're shopping, which is something that's very routine. If you are someone who goes in store, you know, you generally do you know all the aisles, you know where all your regular products are and their job is to disrupt you just regularly enough that you don't stop shopping there in annoyance. But so you see all of the products that you otherwise just wouldn't care about. You, you wouldn't buy three pound biscuits if they hadn't moved the chocolate that you were looking for that was a pound, you know, then you're lured in by the packaging. And of course, like, you know, I could give you an example. I picked these up for, for my husband's mother. I mean, he's dead in the box now. But again, these 
these were really difficult to find on the shelf because they were down really low and that's because they had a product that only had maybe 50 grams more but was four pounds more money and they want you to grab that because it looks the best and i think we need to not overlook that the packaging quite often is irrelevant a lot of the products are made in the same factory you only have to buy stuff from aldi or lidl to realize that they seemingly have duped those foods that you love and they are half the price yeah shout out to the aldi and lidl design teams because sometimes the brands are like they're like identical and then you look a bit closer and then you're like oh wow that's like a different completely different name i always think that it reminds me i'm not sure if anyone watching or yourself know what i mean but i'm sure when i was in school they had some sort of class where you had to redesign a product and it was like take beans and come up with your own brand and everyone would just make similar products and i always think that they just sell those to the discounters because <laughs> they were in other countries of europe and i just think is that not what that, what their focus is how can we make everything look the same but change the name yeah and then obviously that came to a head between aldi and uh was it mns i always wonder is that just not another publicity stunt though for both Maybe. People who shop in M&S get to say, oh, I'd never buy those products. And, you know, and Audi gets so much publicity. But I think um, they are, they must spend a small fortune on legal fees, but presumably it's worth it for all the custom that they get. Yeah. Just going to dip into the comments quickly. Um, uh, peace and sense. I, I kind of love, hate Amazon. So whenever I get Amazon vouchers, I buy Long Life Milk. I think I saw that on one of Katie's stories, possibly as a joke, but hey, it works with zero pounds. Uh, where do you see the long-term budget savings if it's being redirected to more bulk value spending? Um, That's a good question. Yeah, what, what so do you think? For me personally, so this month I've had two £90 shops and two shops that were between £35 and £40. Previously, when I was shopping just at Tesco online, mostly for pandemic reasons, the same as pretty much everyone else, um, I was spending 85 to 95 pounds every single week or almost every, there was never a week where it was less than 80 pounds. And so for me, the saving, the, you know, the additional money back into my budget is in those in-between weeks now where I know that I've stocked up from Tesco or, or Sainsbury's, you know, whatever your preferred supermarket is for brands. And then in the middle, I'm able to go to the discounters and I only need um, fruit, vegetables, fresh meats, things like that. And um, also, so then, you know, that's freeing up kind of 50 pounds every single week, 40 pounds that I definitely was spending last year. And I think given that I noticed today something that I buy fairly regularly was 45 pence and is now 70 pence. I think to be spending less money than last year feels really good. Um, and last year I was just in that habit of online shopping and of course, what they do when you're shopping online is show you your favorite products and you think what helpful feature. But then I found I ended up buying more milk than I ever needed and more chicken than I was actually cooking because I, I do sometimes get meal delivery service. Um, and I was just generally adding stuff in because it was prompting me at the till. Have you forgotten something? Which then, of course, gives you not necessarily a panic. If you've got small children or you've got a picky partner or someone in your house has allergies, you'll start thinking, oh, no, if I don't click that bread, they're not going to have bread this week. And that might be a two pound product or one pound fifty product. And suddenly I was adding 10 or 15 pounds of the stuff at the end that wasn't on my list. And I realized that I was actually spending more money online 
but of course when I go in store I do spend time in store more time than I would online so you have to have balance of what is your time worth for me what I do is I walk to a supermarket that's three kilometers away so that I can kind of get in you know six thousand steps have a bit of exercise a bit of fresh air and a podcast kind of makes it quite enjoyable and then I use scan and shop and because I have a list it takes me 25 minutes and so it feels like that's the good balance for me but I think you definitely have to weigh up if you're someone who gets lured into impulse purchases then of course online is going to be the best for you and it's just finding what works for you but I know last year I was just giving Tesco so much money that I think they said they had on their app this year it told you how much money you spent and it was like you, you've spent £4,000 or whatever. And I was thinking, but that wasn't even the only place I shopped at. And I was, yeah. and I've realised it's because I'm adding a lot of stuff, just rubbish, you know, like in the store as well, they sell clothes for children and they will often have matching outfits for my age of children, six and one. And I will think, oh my gosh, and I could spend £30 on an outfit, but I would never do that normally. I would shop on Vinted and spend £5 if I needed something for an event. And so you do just have to weigh up your own time, obviously, versus being in store and what is most effective for you. If you're um, like myself, if you're self-employed, it might be that that hour that you spend going out to the supermarket, um, it is a bit of a time sink and you could be making more money from your business. But for me, I've kind of incorporated it into having a nice walk and listening to music and honestly just having a break from my children because it's very rare at this age. Um, yeah, you, that, you actually um, go ahead of one of the questions I was going to ask you because I started properly in our, our house. We started properly shopping online in 2020 again because of the pandemic. And then we sort of kept the routine. So we do a mixture of online shopping and going to the store. Um, I think online shopping has worked well for us from a spending point of view. I don't think we spend more than normal but one of the annoyances has been the substitutions so you know we have just the largest box of tissues i've ever seen <clears throat> like it's just it's like it's so big and like the tissues themselves are just so huge and like that man size as they call them yeah but like even bigger than man size they're just ridiculous and it's just one of those substitutions we got where it just kind of arrives at the door and you're like okay i guess we're just going to use these blankets then to be blowing our noses um different supermarkets have different policies so tesco are generally quite good asda are known for having all manner of ridiculous substitutions yeah. but lucky sometimes where you order a food item and it's replaced with a bottle of gin and so i think you know that they are <laughs> you're wanting to cook dinner you're probably going to be slightly annoyed if you don't like gin um, yeah. but yeah i do think substitutions is a problem isn't it because it's very rare that they are along the same mindset of what you wanted sometimes i i think how have you stretched to this like my niece is a vegetarian and her substitutions are never vegetarian items she always says them back and I think in most stores they then just get destroyed because they you know they don't go on the shelf they just end up getting marked out as waste basically and it is just it would be much better if you could just select perhaps a couple of products that worked for you if you had something you were really desperate for in the subs you know on the substitutions list yeah the thing that I was going to ask you about though as a follow-up to the online shopping question is 
there seem to be loads of kind of delivery style um, shopping services at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of them in like adverts and on billboards and that sort of thing. Have you used any of those? Because I think that they're onto the right track in terms of if you need something, you just have it brought to your house. But I can never seem to find the specific item that I want yeah. with them. So I, I am Essex fan. Most of them are not quite here, but I have used um, Gorilla when I was in London. Cool. They stopped me randomly and started shouting, handing out ice cream, and I was like, I'm interested. And then they said, we've got £10 off, no minimum spend. So I ordered groceries to be delivered to me when I was having lunch with a friend. And it was obviously, it was great because they were 10 off, so it cost me almost nothing. Um, but when our household had COVID in January and my six-year-old um, was unwell and I needed cowpile, I did a delivery order. There was only one store in my whole town. There's 100,000 plus people here. There's a lot of shops on there. One store had cowpile. It was nearly £10. It's about £4.50 shop but I was desperate so I ordered it and you had to then spend 10 pounds 15 pounds so I just added two overpriced chocolate bars and a milk and then I marked um yes I want substitutions and what then happened was eight minutes later I got an order confirmation to tell me that my one Snickers bar was being delivered and I was paying six pounds for that oh no went onto the chat and I said, look, please just cancel this all that. It feels like such a waste of everybody's time to drop off one chocolate bar and not the only product I wanted. And they were very good. They did cancel. There was no charge to me, even though they started picking. And so I thought that that was obviously a bit of a miss for us. But my mum has um, been staying in again and um, I get co-opted to her and the delivery fee is only £1.99 usually in a our slot and the groceries are not too much higher than in-store prices you don't get most of the special offers on there but you can get for example when they have five freezer items for five pounds which is usually a really good deal um you can order stuff like that on there and i have done shopping to be delivered to my mum and it's gone perfectly they haven't had what i've wanted in stock and they've substituted it with bigger items and the whole process has been smooth they've left it on the doorstep you know, she hasn't had to have contact with anyone. And and that £15 that I've spent was probably £5 more than going to the store. But yeah. it's over an hour of my time. And so you know, it was kind of a win-win. I think the services are getting better for sure. But I think that's an area that Amazon will dominate. Much like anything else, in our town, there's only one person I know that can get Amazon groceries so far. And they can have full shopping delivered in under two hours and the prices are good that it's morrison's products and the prices are good um pretty much on par with shopping at morrison's and um everything's fresh when it arrives well packaged on the doorstep it, i think this, this there's definitely scope for them to get better but i think that's probably a market that amazon will dominate because of course they've got you know such big warehouses and facilities to do that and then they will obviously bump the price up once they've you know once the main player um but yeah i do think generally they could be a good service especially if you want to order products in where you might otherwise have got a takeaway i feel like if you had a night where you just could not be bothered to cook and you just spent 15 pounds pizzas and then you got maybe breakfast stuff for the next day so cheaper than if you was to have a takeaway delivered that is so so true i've never considered that use case before 
Um, I'm going to give one a go. I've not given one a go yet, but let, let's see. I'm just going to dip into the comments again. Um, relatable Ray Ray, that's a right the same or more money for less. That's when you're talking about shrinkflation, Katie. Uh, Deli Doe Face, oh, I love Katie. So helpful and authentic. Love that her advice is real. I just, I just, when people say comments, I'm like, oh. Someone real. recently just said they saw me in the supermarket and I was really patient with my daughter who was presumably having a, a strop because she was only allowed four pounds that day because that's what she had left. And uh, I was just like, ah, oh, the thought of someone seeing me outside. Yeah, um, but no, like, uh, you, you, have a, you have a fan. Uh, but they recognize me, cool. so I obviously look the same online as offline, which is always yeah. a good um, Just whiz through the comments, any more comments, any more comments? Okay, cool. So. Half an hour spent talking about groceries. Let's uh, head on to meal prep and batch cooking. Um, again, meal prep is something that we do in our household. We divvy up the work in terms of um, my wife does the like the cooking. I do all of the cleaning up and the tidying up around it. And it tends to work quite well. We do it on a Sunday and it means that when it gets to the weekdays, you only need to like grab the Tupperware from the fridge and then pop it into the microwave and then, and then that's your food. And then the only kind of job you need to do is washing up. So um, what's your meal prep and batch cooking process and like what works well, what doesn't work so well? So our process is probably a little bit different to the norm. I think most people associate batch cooking and prepping with making five days worth of food and they're worried about food safety or things being soggy or dry or just old and unappetizing. And so I go for a different approach because I do work from home. My husband is a shift worker. He does two shifts on and then two shifts off and then three shifts on. And that's generally, he only ever works two or three in a row. So that's typically what we're meal prepping and batch cooking for. And so what I'd always look to do is make breakfasts and then sorry i'm i'm getting i'm seeing my name and i'm getting distracted um chinese gone past um i will do two or three days of food at a time because i feel like that works best to stay fresh and taste good there's no worries about food safety and also i don't have the biggest fridge so that works great and what i would do is prep breakfast and fall so it's typically the same kind of stuff it might be protein pancakes, overnight oats, that kind of thing. It takes just a couple of minutes to prepare. And in the morning, it needs very minimal, if no cooking time. So overnight oats, you can obviously just grab them and have them wherever you are in the house or for my husband when he's at work at his desk. And then for protein pancakes, I typically will just make the um, meal in advance um, because you know it's a few minutes weighing stuff out. And then that's just ready to cook. And then um, I try to make sure that we're not having the same stuff all the time. And um, again, dinners, I do quite a lot of cooking from scratch, fresh, because I gusto, hello, fresh and stuff like that sometimes. Um, I get a lot of referral credit, so that doesn't kind of impact my uh, grocery budget, which obviously is a blessing. But um, what I would do is for lunches, I won't always look to have, so some days I'd have chicken rice or some kind of variation you know of a main and a side dish and they just go in the microwave for three or four minutes and other times i will just cook 
one main thing. So it may be that I get a packet of chicken and then I do two or three different marinades, which for short on time, you could just use a dry rub or a sauce from the cupboard. It doesn't have to be homemade. I will cook those in the air fryer and then I know that on that day I can make wraps, sandwiches, salads, I can put it with rice, pasta. I can do as much or as little as I want based on how much time I have available. And I think for a lot of people, they think it has to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be you making every single meal for the next three days or five days in that one day. If you can, that's great. You're gonna save so much time and money, but you could just have elements of your dish ready. And then the things that you really enjoy fresh, you don't want to microwave or repeat, you can make those. You can have your chicken breast there and you can make chicken fried rice or chicken chow mein, you know, anything that you want really, typically within 10 minutes. And so um, it's more than just um, having, again, it's more than just going for perfection. For me, I find if I have quite a few elements ready, I'm never gonna order a takeaway then because I know that just go to the fridge in less than 10 minutes, you will have something that you enjoy. Uh, it's not expensive. It's not going to arrive cold. You're not going to have rage later because you waited an hour and a half for delivery and stuff was missing, you know? And so, yeah, for us, it's definitely main focus is our breakfast and lunches. Um, and breakfast is an area in house. My husband previously was always saying to my daughter, should we get McDonald's breakfast? And then by the time you have that sent from Uber, it's over 20 pounds and it's just disgusting amount of money and it is never actually that nice. it's always lukewarm and so i started to have in the freezer my own version of a mcmuffin ready and the night before i could get that out let it defrost and then just put it in the air fryer for less than 10 minutes and again you know the egg really worked so well so i just made that fresh and it's just lots of elements to put together and i think um if you're someone who's short on time or like me sometimes i can't really do two or three hours of prepping in one go because i've got children running around and lots of commitments so i'll just aim to do one or two elements one day and then a couple of days later and then i'll freeze some parts and have some parts fresh and it's just kind of building that up over time but so many um again so many small windows of time that you save make a huge difference to the morning so in the morning now before i take my daughter to school i not only have a breakfast that isn't snack food processed rubbish because i'm rushing out the door i have a healthy breakfast i have time to sit with my children i then also have time to do my chores and my jobs for the day so that then when i get home from the school run if it's not a work day the rest of the day i can spend with my one-year-old i don't have any guilt about um what i'm eating because it's all good nutritional food that i've worked out the macros for in advance and just such a big time saver more than anything yeah i was actually gonna when you were describing your batch cooking and meal prep process i was gonna say it actually sounds a lot like your process for buying stuff and you even like made that comparison about a it's not about going for perfection but you seem to have a preference for doing a core set of activity like your 80 percent and then just worrying about the 20 percent yeah other 20% later which I think is is really efficient um actually because again in the spirit of that thing where I said I like to overcomplicate things I know that my instinct to do a like a batch cooking process would be to make sure every single thing is prepped and that like I have every single day accounted for 
But I think that that kind of sets you up for failure. Well, it would it would set me up for failure because you think you know things come up, you invariably would not be able to execute your plan one hundred percent. So I quite like that approach. Exactly, that's exactly what was happening before. I was, I do, I do still plan loosely breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Dinners are mostly taken care of, but then I'd have my brother would call unexpectedly and say, "I'm heading in from another county, and I'm coming past yours. Do you want to have dinner?" And I'd find myself panicking a little bit, thinking, "Oh no, I haven't got enough stuff in now. I wasn't planning to have an extra person here, and it just it became unsustainable." Or I would have to go and visit my mum because she'd need assistance. And by the time I got home, this elaborate fifty-minute dinner that I planned it wasn't happening. So now, if I've got chicken or prawns or whatever it is ready in the fridge, um, know that in ten minutes I can still have something and not resort to that wasting of money. But I think a lot of people last year. And the year before, fell into these um, coping mechanisms of, you know, the food delivered was the only treat, the only thing to look forward to if you were working from home and you were kind of, you felt like you were trapped inside, which of course a lot of people did. And I think there's just a lot of habits like that, and a lot of people relate to um, aiming to just do enough that you break those bad cycles, but not so much that you then don't do it because something crops up and you just didn't have as much time as you thought to make the dinner or to do the meal prepping. We've just got one more um, comment. Um, and it's, uh, I appreciated Katie Kicker's post on stories today about stuff you don't need to spend money on um, Lapland in brackets. It is hard to feel like you're missing out sometimes when you're scrolling through social media. Maybe we can end with that topic before we go into the rapid fire questions, which is, yeah, social media... <coughs> in my view, is sort of neutral. Um, it's kind of just an, ap an amplification of the things that we used to have before social media and an amplification for the way people behave. So if you got FOMO pre-Instagram, then on Instagram, maybe it's like a hundred times more or something like that. If you felt like you needed to keep up with the Joneses pre-Instagram, well, now it's like 10 times more, whatever. So how do you combat... Um, feelings of FOMO, feeling like you need to buy stuff that you see online? Uh, the first thing that I do is if I do have a purchase, so I'll give a small example. I really felt that the Dyson Airwrap would just change my life. I have frizzy, wavy hair and it's £450. And I set myself a goal. Okay, I'm going to save based on percentage of income. Courage to earn more to save the money. I saved the money and then I decided I don't think I need one. I did it three times and then my husband said to me, look, you're having a baby. It's now, now's the time to treat yourself or to not treat yourself. So I did get it and everyone now comment on my hair. How did it stop being so frizzy and horrible all of the time, I assume. But uh, generally I will, um, first of all, I will save up for a big purchase. And then in the time I'm saving up the money, I'll think about other things that I would do with it and also, would I actually use the item frequently? I was going to get a big coffee machine. And then I realized I drink one coffee. The time that it will take me to look after that item is actually more time than it takes me to just make a nice espresso and froth milk with a 20 pound milk frother. And so I think for me, often when I feel like I absolutely have to have something, I will save the money. And in the time that I have to wait to save that money, that you know that serotonin boost that I was probably looking for has passed me by and money moves into something like my coffee machine money moved into my patio fund because I want and need a new patio 
and then I realized I didn't need a coffee machine. So I think, first of all, um, save and give yourself time to really consider whether the purchase is really useful. A lot of the time, time you've saved the money, you've realized I've managed again without it for six months or three months. I can definitely just never buy this item. Um, the other thing is, for me personally, I never compare to anyone else on social media. I'm just comparing to past me. So past me had debt and a low income. I mean, I'm not saying I'm wealthy now, but past me made lots of financial mistakes. And so now I'm in a really good place in my life and I feel really content. And I think for most people in most situations, if you compare to your past self, you'll probably feel pretty good about how you're doing today. You'd never imagine that you would have a garden or have a dog or have a family of your own or have friends around you. And I think really tuning into that gratitude is really important for me. It would be very easy. I'm surrounded by many amazing women mostly in my sort of online circle who have become authors. A couple of them have become millionaires from their own hard work. And it would be very easy to think, oh, you know, why am I not doing this? Why am I not achieving things? We're doing similar work. Perhaps, you know, their quality is a little bit better, but nothing is to be gained from that other than negativity and then harboring negativity towards someone else who's just in most cases worked really hard and so i think it's just really good to compare to your past self have a few moments every day to practice gratitude remind yourself of all those things that you wanted before not even necessarily material things for me it was to have my own children and my time in a garden and i've got all of that now and just really tune back into how past you would feel if you saw yourself now and I don't think in your past self, you were thinking, when I have these children that I desperately tried for for years, I must take them to Lapland UK for 719 pounds. And you know, that, and obviously that sounds very easy. You have time to get to the place, but it is just reminding yourself um, that the grass always looks greener on the other side, but you could just water your own grass. You could focus on more uh, attainable goals for yourself, financially or more attainable goals in the styling of your home or the, the career that you have or how you parent your children whatever it is that you're comparing to at that moment you could definitely you can definitely change if you want to and I think most of the time you just need to remember that if you are looking at something else online it's making you feel unhappy you can control that you can unfollow mute if it's someone you can't unfollow or remove you can just mute them and you can just pop in every couple of months and like a few posts and they won't even know that you're not looking. You know, I think it is, it is worth remembering that most of the time you're curating your own feed here. And sometimes you can create an echo chamber of noise that you don't want to hear. And it's a great idea to step out of your comfort zone, find new people to follow. And perhaps even, so I live in a council house. I'm quite open about that on social media. If I was feeling down about my home, I would, maybe look for people using council house hashtag so then i could see some people that live in a similar environment to myself and then perhaps um you know see more realistic day-to-day -day feed that is more me and not necessarily follow people that live in a mansion because that's not my reality and although that wouldn't upset me personally because i would just think that looks like something I, I i mean i wouldn't have a mansion but that looks like something to work towards if it's something that makes people feel bad just mute, unfollow, block. It's that easy. You know, it really is. You are sometimes your own worst enemy when it comes to that fear.
Yeah, and as you were saying that, we got a comment and then you answer the comment in what you were saying. Um, it's the FOMO is hard when it's on everyone's page sharing what they're doing. But then the commenter followed up saying that's a great way to look at it, uh, at what you have in the present day in terms of comparing uh, yourself to your past self. Um, I really agree with everything you've just said. I'm really thankful you said that, that you talked about gratitude, that you talked about being happy because... I don't think that talking about being happy is going to sell products or like create like further capitalism. But I really do think that that's what it is. Um, and like, just, just focusing on stuff you find fun, you yeah. know, like spend, spend time with people that you enjoy spending time with all these really is again, it's like what we were talking about before. These are really simple points. They're very like ancient in a way, like have fun seek the company of people you enjoy. But like, I do, I don't think there needs to be any like more to being happy than that. Mm. Really. Um, cool, let's get on to the rapid fire questions. Um, first one is, what has been your biggest financial achievement to date? Um, it would probably be becoming debt free because I, much like most people, so I did not go to university, I did not finish school. But when I became 18, the bank started saying, why not have a credit card? Why not, why not then take a loan out to pay this credit card? And I fell into that cycle that a lot of people fall into of having an overdraft and a credit card and just constantly juggling those. And then when I was in my early 20s, I had, you know, as the money saving expert always says, a light bulb moment where I thought, wow, this doesn't feel like it's sustainable long term. It's just going to keep spiraling until I owe tens of thousands of pounds. So when I became debt free, I decided that the only debt I would ever have from then, if physically possible, is just a mortgage, which of course is a big debt in itself. But um, and I have kept that up to the point where when we wanted to get a car, we saved for over a year to buy the car for cash um, and just things like that. I've been I've worked very hard to stay debt free and to not fall into the traps. So I do have credit card, like most people, 0% credit card, use it and pay it off in full because I want to I want to show the bank that I will pay money back. Please let me buy my house. But um yeah, becoming debt free and staying debt free is up there for me. Um probably alongside and I know it's a really poor financial choice to hold fifty thousand pounds of premium bonds. But I have £50,000 of premium bonds. When I bought them, it was only meant to be for a year. And then I got delayed and then coronavirus happened. And then my house needed a roof before I purchased it. And it just, knowing now how much money I would have if I invested that with other money, it's very sad. But at the same time, when I was in debt and it was about £1,000, which was so much money for me then, never imagined that I'd have savings and I would save in advance for my tax bill and I would just have really good habits now. That's awesome. What one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? Uh, everyone's probably says the same old stuff like buy stocks, but invest in the Um I feel like for me, I would say break the debt cycle and um, start sinking funds because sinking funds were transformative for me. It started off with just having a sinking fund for when my husband's car needed work and it has escalated to having an emergency fund and knowing that if he gets made redundant, it will be fine. He won't have to come home worried about me because we've got these good funds now. 
good stuff. Um, if you were to win the lottery, let's say you were to win ten million pounds, how would you allocate that money? Um, I would, I would buy a fairly modest house, so probably only twice the value of the house that I live in now, which in the south is probably like a half million pound house. But um, I'd buy a fairly modest house that I could then live in forever um, without mortgage, and then after that would mostly be I would just like to do loads of charitable stuff so I do a little bit of work for a local charity that helps homeless people and that is where I'd like to put the money I'd like to get people retrained and back into education and work and that's you know that's what I'd like to do with most of it I'd like to just uh, be mortgage free and then be able to just put more time into that rather than any uh, other stuff maybe a big family holiday and i think my brother's in here so i pay off his mortgage because he, <laughs> he always does jobs around my house and he's a qualified plumber and electrician so i've got a i'll pay off your house <laughs> nice and the final one which i think you've um you've kind of answered that we were talking before but um what does success mean to you um as, on a basic sentence it would be success is being alive I've had very poor health previously, two strokes, and uh, almost died when I had my first daughter. So success has just been being alive for a few years. But generally, success for me is being present, whether that's with my family or the person that I'm with at that time or just checking in with myself. Success is being present. Um, thank you, Katie. Um, I thought that we were going to talk today about groceries and like batch cooking and stuff but actually we got to talk quite a bit about life and just like how to live well and and how to how to be happy and those are topics that really resonate with me your definition of success in particular also resonates with me as well um so thank you very much for coming on today before we wrap up today's conversation anything you want to shout out um anyone you want to shout out or anything you want to plug um Probably just that if you want to see a little bit of normality on your feed, um, give me a follow. I'm a swearer, so be aware. Um, my best trait. But yeah, I always respond to all DMs. I'm very active on my social media, um, but I love the connections that I get here on Instagram in particular. I feel like you just don't get that on, on a blog. Like I get 100,000 to my website, but no one ever comments. <laughs> Most people are just... Uh, are just there looking you know for their recipe and then they're gone whereas here i feel like you really can make conversations with people are you gonna say hello you're gonna attack me you're gonna attack me on instagram oh hello katie's cat that's me <laughs> yeah so if you want to see a dose of realness in a non-perfect home and not necessarily perfect with finances but trying to give you a nudge to do well and to be happier and happier and enjoy life more give me a follow Awesome, awesome stuff. Love today's conversation. Thank you for coming on to the show, Katie. It's been great speaking to you today. Thank you to everyone who tuned in, left a comment, um, asked a question. Thank you to Katie's cat, Jasmine, for joining us on the live as well. We'll be back with another special guest at the same time next week. So until then, take care. See you Bye. Later. Bye.